The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for being a part of the show. I do appreciate it. Thus, anything you want to talk about, we could talk about today. Money, investing, retirement, how much do you need? We could talk some of the big stories of the day. Spotify is filing a a big antitrust issue in the European Union against Apple. Essentially saying that any time to get access to the app store... Spotify has to give 30% of their revenues back to Apple for um, subscriptions. That may be something the EU takes uh, umbrage with, per se. Because here's a company who's trying to sell a service for roughly 10 bucks a month, and Apple's trying to sell a service, music service for roughly 10 bucks a month. But the other company has to pay Apple 3 bucks out of that 10 and uh, they both sell music, right? It makes it a little bit tougher. So Spotify says we have to go and start charging a premium if this is going to be the case. So that's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The stock market so far this week has been careless, meandering, nothing all that electric. So far the stock market's kind of going, eh, UK's Brexit, it's a mess. Boeing is dealing with a PR nightmare, and that's kind of making the markets a little lumpy. Multiple countries have grounded their 737 max. Stocks rebounding a bit today after losing billions and billions and billions of market cap. So it seems like the market is saying we could care less about these dramatic issues because it's just kind of meandering. SP 500 is up 1.8%. NASDAQ is up 2.5%. Russell 2000 is up 1.8%. Uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average, despite 11% decline in its highest price component, Boeing is up almost 1.5%. And ultimately, it's kind of like a rock, scissors, paper game, right? Where what's going to influence the market? In this case, it's low interest rate environment and how the Federal Reserve has recently come out and said, you know, we can sit on the sidelines for a while and see how this plays out in the economy because we do see the world slowing. So that Fed Reserve being accommodative kind of wins right now. We've got a durable goods order for January. showed a four-tenths of a percent increase in new orders. That's not feeling that great. 
constructive business investment as far as outlooks go, as far as GDP goes, but it's not a great number. Uh, Year-over-year inflation trends are lower for the uh, overall index, the consumer price index that we got. So, again, that gives the Fed a little bit more time to raise interest rates. If They're supposed to fight inflation, and they're supposed to fight low employment. Kind of exciting news in the world of uh, telecommunications. You know, I've often said the one thing that I'm going to regret is that when I die is that I'm not going to be able to see, you know, all the next great things. Technology is kind of entertaining to, to eyeball it, although be fair, I've never stood and waited in line for a phone. I'm a loser. I'm not that big of a loser. Verizon said today that its customers in Chicago and Minneapolis are going to be the f- able to use its fifth generation wireless network from April 11th by paying $10 per month with any of its unlimited mobile plans. Okay. Let's think about this for a second. We've gone through a couple years where it seems like our phone bill was going higher and higher and higher, right? Now we've gone through a couple years where they're offering more, and sometimes for less. Um, if you haven't compared your plan in a while, you should take a, go out there and take a look. But another 10 bucks a month to go super fast, would you pay it? So let's say you're paying 50 bucks a month or 60 bucks a month for an unlimited plan. If you want to get the 50 to 100 times faster, you'll pay an extra 10 bucks a month. What is that? Is that two coffees? Two coffees and uh, a soda? A month? Can you afford it? Raising prices really, really, really helps companies. Um, on Wall Street, we, we like that. Something tells me people are going to pay that extra 10 bucks. Verizon said its customers will need a Motorola Z3 mobile device and a device called 5G Moto Mode to connect to the 5G network. So that sounds like a little bit of a pain in the butt all of a sudden. Suddenly, that extra 10 bucks a month, you're getting a certain phone and some sort of mod. Verizon launched its first commercial 5G service in October when its 5G home offering went live in Houston, Indianapolis, LA, and Sacramento. Sacramento, they've changed the name. What a shock. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. J.P. Morgan stock is in the news today. They're escalating deposit wars with expansion into the heart of Bank of America. I am incredibly loyal to banks, and I don't know why. I've never... I think I've closed maybe one bank account, two bank accounts in my life. Where I like That's how sticky they are for me. J.P. Morgan is expanding in nine U.S. markets as it's trying to fill some gaps. And Bank of America or Wells Fargo are typically, you know, dominant players in major U.S. cities around the United States. So J.P. Morgan's saying, we're going to go after Charlotte and Raleigh, uh, Kansas City, Greenville, South Carolina, for those. Uh, we're going to go after Nashville. And again, this isn't a story to you and me because there's no California names on it. But it shows you that there's still something to be said about a physical location taking cash. And then you getting access to their services, whether it be banking accounts or brokerage accounts or insurance. There's still something about that magical, here's a store, come on in. But 
Not so much. It's 30% of branches will be in low to moderate income areas, and the lender is planning to work with community groups on job training efforts. So that's kind of nice. Headlines just sometimes make it go, ah, oh, hmm. Disgraced celebrity, Disgraced celebrity chef Mario Batali is surrendering ownership stakes in all of his restaurants. Um, got caught up in the... Mm, I have to be very careful what I legally say. Uh, been caught up very much so in the sexual misconduct allegations against him. So, celebrity chef gone bad. Uh, Lori Lachlan, Felicity Huffman, pain to get your kids into college. It's pretty sick. It's pretty twisted to think a parent would, you know, knowingly cheat. Now, again, we go the Hollywood elite. We're not surprised. Lori Lachlan's daughter got into USC because basically they photoshopped her like doing crew. And then they went to USC's crew coach and paid him some money and he got her in even though she's never done a crew in her life. And it's pretty despicable what you're seeing out there as far as how much wealth can buy. Uh, Felicity Huffman, on the other hand, basically claimed her daughter had a learning disability and got to take the SATs in a room with a teacher who was basically giving her all the answers. Ah, in America, money can buy you anything, right? But you have to have money to buy anything, whether it's morally corrupt and bankrupt or whatever you want in retirement to put in your belly. The show's dedicated to getting you to retirement. Big seminar coming up in Burlingame on the 21st. Learn more at Rob Black's show. Use the code RADIO25 to come on in. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I want to take a minute and say thank you for listening. The only thing that I... I don't want to get too sentimental. I appreciate it. And um, I pledge that if you listen, I'll do my best to find ideas for you to invest in or to think about. You know, the obvious one today is the Boeing 737 MAX planes. And the FAA says there's no basis to ground Boeing planes. If two airlines lost the same plane, which is a new plane, in a relatively short time frame, could things go from bad to worse for Boeing? Yeah. If what they're saying, they're presenting the data is like it's safe if you know what you, if it's safe if you like check in with all the systems. And they're going to do a system update uh, patch, which kind of makes you a little nervous. Like maybe I'll maybe I'll wait to find until after that patch comes out. Um, it also tells you how complicated these things are, right? But there's your investment dilemma. Twenty nine billion dollars in lost market value is probably too much. But, and, you know, the world population is growing, so we're going to be using more airplanes in the future. Worthy of note, uh, there's really only two or three people who can make airplanes as, as because they are complicated machines. And that's why you're seeing, like, the European Union, they get together and say, hey, France, you want to do the jet engines? And Germany, you want to do the 
the, the cabins and who wants to do the flight systems. And you know, they kind of divvied it up amongst the different countries to compete with Boeing. So here's the Civil War. Do you think it's done going down? Do you think another plane goes down? If no more planes go down, Boeing goes way higher. And it was a cheap, uh, it was cheap for a couple moments in history. Now, again, are you going to invest in another plane going down or not? And interestingly, when a plane does go down, does that make you a little bit nervous about owning a stock like a Boeing? If it's Airbus, you're like, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good for me. And you're like, that's kind of insensitive to the people who were lost. Anyway, one person in financial media was actually lost in one of the big airplanes and had a client lost on 9-11, went into the Pentagon. Um, and I had to write a letter to the, you know, the, the surviving wife and family about what a great guy Chuck was. But that's neither here nor there. Healthcare is going digital. And more and more. It's kind of like we got, let's put music on digital. Let's put movies on digital. You know, remember the day when you actually had to go to the store and buy a DVD? It seems barbaric, doesn't it? And yet you go to your doctor's office and they have these big old folders. You're like, man, I'd like to get my hands on all those folders. Uh, everything's going digital now, finally. So virtualization hasn't, healthcare and virtualization haven't kept up with each other. Of the approximately 1.4 billion annual encounters between a healthcare provider and a patient, all but roughly 10 million still occur in an office or a physical setting. That should start to change. There's a big story in, uh, out of Fremont recently that a, a robot uh, delivered the news that a patient was dying a little bit too loud to his wife, but the guy got to hear from it through the robot. And it was a doctor with a uh, you know a video conferencing head. When my dad, 20, gosh, I would say probably 25 years ago, was in the hospital dying. He was at Walter Reed at one point in time, and uh, that was the first time I saw robots deliver medicines to a hospital. Now it's probably pretty common. I'm not in hospitals very often, mind you, but um, it's going to create a crazy amount of investment. The system is far from perfect right now. Doctors' visits are expensive. They're time-consuming. Also, you have to sit next to sick people, and you're trying not to be sick. So something, if there's 1.4 billion annual encounters, how many of those can move online? And the answer is at least 400, 450 million of them. So it's not being done that way because a lot of people don't know it's an option or the reimbursement for the providers isn't in place at this point in time. But we're moving more towards virtual virtualization. Teladoc Health is a stock, ticker symbol T-D-O-C. They see opportunity. Now, again, this is so early. It's a story stock. And I tell it so well, don't I? Well, Forrest, the $4.2 billion market cap company, is a leader in virtual telehealth. It expects to have roughly 38 million members, leading 4 million virtual visits on its global platform this year. It has partnerships with over 12,000 health plans self-insured employers, and hospitals. The network includes more than 50,000 board-certified doctors. It's a, it's a flat fee, $45 per visit. 
TeleDoc provides its members around the clock with on-demand appointments via voice or video chat. Physicians address everything from common cold and flu symptoms to backaches, skin infections, depression, and addiction. Doctors can prescribe medicines and send them to a patient's local pharmacy. So it seems like it's fallen in place, right? But it's so young and it's so early. And then you hear in the background like Amazon and Warren Buffett are doing something to disrupt the health insurance industry. And you're like, well, Teladoc is there. Maybe they get acquired. They receive a monthly fee for about two-thirds of its members. Paid by the health insurance providers like and, and employers who view the service as an employee benefit and a cost-saving versus a traditional doctor's office. So Teladoc did $418 million in revenue in 2018. And you're talking about an industry that's uh, still growing. It's going to be a $4.2 billion industry, it's expected. So, and they're one of the leaders. Now, the company hasn't made money yet. Teladoc is taking its cues more from leading digital players than traditional healthcare companies. They're using search and social media advertising. They're using detailed patient testimonials. But they're still reporting things in EBITDA. And EBITDA is kind of evil. It says, this is what we would have earned if we didn't have to... It's earnings for interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization. But you got to do all that stuff. You got to pay that kind of stuff. So they say there'll be a EBITDA of 147 million profit in 2021, 295 profit in 2023. Um, and then they expect to be profitable in 2022 overall without the interest, tax, depreciation, amortization card. Teladoc is negotiating with United Healthcare to offer telehealth as a benefit into some of its plans. They have a partnership with CVS Health to incorporate Teladoc's platform into its app, gradually rolling out during 2019. Um, what do you think? The company trades for about seven times 2019 sales at multiples high. There's still valuation upside based on growth and revenue, growth in clients, acceptance of a platform. It's your stock of the day idea, consult a broker advisor for taking action. Any stocks mentioned on this show. Uh, Teladoc, ticker symbol TDOC. Got a big seminar coming up on the 21st. You can learn more by going to robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com or just robblack.com. We'll reroute you there. Um, Burlingame, income and tax planning seminar retirement for people who are cruising towards retirement or in retirement. Sign up at Rob Black's show. It's on the 21st in Burlingame, right around the corner. Use code RADIO25. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Looking forward to Tim Burton's Dumbo. Um, how Tim Burton got together with Disney to remake a film is beyond my, my fathomable skill set, because he's so creative, and Disney's so conservative with their image. It's actually probably a perfect fit, right? 
Imagine if you're a rich parent right now and you got dumb kids. How do you, what do you do? How do you get them into school? Yeah, obviously you're seeing it. You pay a surrogate test taker to pump up the SAT scores. You bribe a tennis coach to sponsor the kid for some kind of loophole student-athlete admission. You might end up paying 10 times regular tuition and bribes and fees, but hey, you're sending Junior up for you know, a better college experience. What's interesting about like some of this is um, I think we all kind of, we're okay with people with you know special needs getting kind of loopholes into college. We're okay with people, low income getting loopholes into college. We're okay thinking like, hey, if daddy donated $10 million and built a building, we're okay with their son getting into college or even, uh, you know, long lines of family. We can kind of, well, his granddaddy went to the University of Texas and his daddy's daddy went to Texas and his daddy went to Texas and so Junior should go to Texas. They're, I get it. I get But when you, when you kind of get this secret cabal of people, um, manipulating the system, it does it does smack of unfair. And Lori Lachlan's on Fuller House on Netflix, and they've done the Netflix reboot of Fuller House, right? And uh, or I'm wondering, can she can they turn this story into an episode of Fuller House? Because I would watch that if the FBI raided her house, Fuller House, with guns ablazing because of tax evasion issues, which was another thing inside the story that they did that kind of was gross. They set up a charity to kind of launder the money and uh, not pay taxes on it. So there you got it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning. Chad? Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. Chad, I get a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls on the confusion Chad? that is mutual funds, exchange-traded funds, no-load funds, ETFs, A shares, B shares, C shares. Let's demystify a little bit. What do we need to know? Well, it's gotten harder because as fee-based financial planning has come into play, and that's where what most people want to end up with because of the fiduciary aspect of it, knowing what you're paying for is important. So when people have A, B, C, there's even Z share mutual funds out there. What's you got to know what you're doing. These C and Z shares are kind of like these quasi fee based programs. So when when advisors want to be fee based, but they can't do it because of the current company that they work with, or they don't have the right licensing or whatever, they might use C share or Z share funds, which they look like they're no load because you don't pay anything to get into them. Right. But their internal fees are often higher, um, and they often have kickback issues um, to the firms that you work with. So. You know, if you have an A share, a B share, a C share, or a Z share mutual fund, you're not in a no-load fund. You're in a loaded fund environment. A shares, you pay large sales charges up front in exchange for lower ongoing fees. So if you're investing less than 100000 a lot of times the, the front-end loads on an A share, 5.75%. you got to get well more than that just to break even. Um, in a B share mutual fund, you don't pay anything going in, but your your money's often tied up right. for five to six years. And your fees are higher for five to six years, and then they eventually the fee structure drops down. So um, again, it's usually you end up paying more in a B share. So I don't really like them. Okay. C shares they're even higher than a B share in many cases, but the fees never drop, and they just pay the broker one percent every year. Um, and the problem with those A, B, C share and Z share funds is is you're tied to the fund family. Right. So if you want to go from uh, large cap growth to a large cap value, you can only do it inside that fund family. You can't go outside of it without 
getting tied up again or paying another commission. So it's just not the right way to go. You want to be in the no-load fund environment or ETF environment that's out there. So typically, I tell people you don't want to be in American funds. That's a fund family. You'd rather buy your funds at Fidelity or Vanguard or TD Ameritrade, where there's such big volume houses, their fees are lower than anywhere else. Is that a statement that is wise, or, or am I... Typically, like when it comes to American funds, though, that's a, it's been a pretty successful fund company, right. um, and they actually now have a share class for fee-based advisors called F-shares. So you might see an F-share fund pick. Um, I've used a fund in the past. I don't own any right now. But... Yeah, I mean, you can go if you if you want to know what is truly a no load, you can look at um, say a TD Ameritrade or a Schwab's website and see what the no transaction no load funds are okay. that are there, and you can see that they have no uh, front end sales charge and no deferred sales charge. That way, you know you're in a no load fund. But look, Rob, I mean, what most people should be doing for their first hundred to two hundred fifty thousand is just looking at total stock market index funds and the no like load the five thousand. Um, Wilshire 5000 is the whole market, right? But just um, there's like Vanguard has the Vipers. That's total stock market funds on both the international and domestic side, um, the no load fund side, and, and you can go in and and get ETFs, which are exchange traded funds, which are mutual funds that trade like stocks. Right. So you can look at the indexes. The internal fees are only about 0.08 percent per year. Extremely, extremely low cost, and there's a whole, you know, like a TD Ameritrade, for example. There's a hundred different ETFs you can buy without even a trading cost. So, getting being able to invest in those types of funds is getting cheaper and cheaper, which is great because that's one of the hindrances to, to performance. Mm-hmm. Is uh, making mistakes absolutely will hinder your performance, but cost will hinder your performance. So you can eliminate one of the variables that will hurt you and try to go with as low fees as possible as far as the transactions and the funds that you're choosing. Right. And that's why I say that, you know, indexing, I like both indexed and managed funds and individual stocks. But the way I tell people to start out is start off with the indexed approach because it's the lowest cost, the lowest tax issues that, that you're going to deal with. And especially when you're investing mostly in equities when you're younger and you don't need the bonds. As people get older, though, we worry about downside protection as much as upside potential. Right. So you can't just be in index funds, in my opinion, when you retire. With that said, you work for New Focus Financial, and people could find you at newfocusfinancial.com. We've got about a minute left in conversation time. Is there anything else that we need to know about? Well, I guess where you look for the different types of funds, um, where I use my index funds and my index ETFs are for my large cap and my mid cap areas. Yeah. But if I'm going international emerging markets, I typically like to really do dig in, do the research, and find managed mutual funds. So, for example, you look at Japanese stock market right now, and it's drastically underperformed the U.S. stock market. They have debt issues. They have an aging population. But there's specific companies in, in Japan that are doing very well. So you don't want just necessarily an index fund there. You'd want a, a, manage, a manager with boots on the ground in that country. They know the currency issues. Um, same thing with China, Indonesia, uh, you know all the different places where emerging markets are, where you know two thirds of the economic growth probably over the next two two decades is going to come from. Well, that about clears everything up in my mind. I'm not sure about in everyone's mind. <laughs> A shares, B shares, C shares. Which one should we choose? I think we hit it all there. I'm Rob Black. That's Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And taking a look at some of the fidelity. Investment analysis it really reminds me to remind you, get your act together when it comes to retirement issues. We are way behind in saving. About 29% of households with members aged 55 and over have neither retirement savings, such as 401ks, IRAs, defined benefit plans. Um, 
Some have a defined benefit plan, like 23%, but no other retirement savings. Households that do have retirement savings generally have other resources to draw on as well, such as non-retirement savings and DB plans, defined benefit. You should have at least seven times your salary by age 55. Six times your salary by age 50. Otherwise, you're probably going to be working until the day you die. That's just something to really start you know, playing around with. And those are kind of on the conservative side. I like to factor out retirement issues with a lot of wiggle room. I'd rather die with extra money in my pocket than to turn 92 and go, how much is toilet paper? I'll just use leaves. Right? You want to have the option of not using leaves as toilet paper. 92, heck, I'll be happy if I can poop in a diaper. I'd be ecstatic. Some might need $100,000 a year to live in retirement. Some people might need 200000 So as an expert, I could tell you you need a nest, uh, nest egg of $1 to $2 million, but it's kind of inaccurate because I don't know how much you're going to spend in retirement. $1 million in a nest egg is going to pay you about $40,000 a year, maybe. But again, that doesn't factor in taxes and other things. Now, I could be optimistic and say a million dollars will pay you $60,000 a year until the day you die. But I don't want to get you, I'd rather get you a, a little fearful than a little greedy. I'd rather you start sooner rather than later. You also have to factor in inflation. A million dollars today. You know, it's just like that, that scene from... Um, I'm trying to think of his name. Why am I not coming up with his name? The, uh, the spy who shagged me. The spy who shagged me. Why am I not coming up with it? Uh, anyway, when the Dr. Evil comes back, he becomes unfrozen. He, uh, he demands $1 million not to blow up the world. And everyone started laughing at him because like, inflation in the 30, 40 years that he was asleep in cryogenics or whatever, he didn't factor that in. So now he had to change his demand from a million to a billion or a billion to a trillion. Same thing's going to happen with your retirement needs. You're going you're gonna to underestimate them. You're going to underwhelm yourself. So you got to throw in inflation in there. Factor it in. How much will your purchasing power on things you want to do decline? Find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up in Burlingame on the 21st. Use code RADIO25 to get. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Twenty twenty is right around the corner. It's going to be an election cycle. You don't have to do anything today with your portfolio, but you need to start thinking about how you want it positioned. Politicians tend to throw a lot of bluster and rhetoric out. Blah 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 blah. Robble 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 robble. Right? They're just robbling. So Amazon is going to be, I think, in a. Uh, 
a target of politicians forevermore, but especially during the political cycles. There's something, a word that I learned, speaking of SAT tests, one of the words that was on my SAT test was disenfranchisedarian or disenfranchised Marianer. It's one of the longest words in the United States English Dictionary, right? And it basically it talks about how a whole generation can become disenfranchised. And when you get that, it, it's, it's kind of awesome. As a politician, you go, old people, vote for me. Well, no one's really interested. Okay, old people, I'm going to lower the cost of drugs in, in retirement. Okay, I'll vote for you. Okay, okay, I'll let you. I'm disenfranchised from the, the health care system. I'm old. Then you get the, the younger kids who, you know, they don't know the big fancy SAT words and they decided math was too much for them. They get a degree in poetry and they're disenfranchised because they, they're living in with mom and dad or sometimes, you know, worse situations along those lines. I grew up in an era where the first thing I wanted to do was get out of the house. First thing. Second thing was college kind of thing. I had a brother David take me to college when I was in ninth grade and show me like parties and stuff and pretty girls. And I was like, yeah, I want to go to college uh, for sure. So it was a good big brother thing. Kind of sold it, if you know what I'm saying. Amazon I want to talk about because there's going to be two groups that I know are going to be in the politicians' crosshairs. One of them is going to be the FANG stocks, Facebook, Amazon, Alphabet, Netflix, maybe Apple in there. And uh, then the next group, you know, the, those guys are the privacy guys. Oh, we got to break them up. They're too big. They're too big. They're squashing innovation. You think, you think Apple's squashing innovation? They're spending an enormous amount of money on R&D, more than any other company, more than most companies make in revenue. Right? Is that squashing innovation, or are they just kind of like keeping it in their own little world? They probably have two or three more phones planned out that are going to do something with all that R&D money. Rumor has it, just so you know, Apple's looking into launching some sort of glasses in 2020. So that'll be a story for the rest of the year. But politicians are going to go after one more group. The big pharmaceutical companies, the Merck's, the Pfizer's, the Eli Lilly's. They're going to go after the Facebooks, the Amazons, the Alphabets, the Netflix, the Googles, um, to get the younger people who are disenfranchised with the workforce and the big companies. And they're going to go after the pharmaceutical companies to get the, the older voters out and go after the high cost of health care. Now, how do they get Generation X out? Maybe, I don't know. What are they going to offer me? A discount on my house? Mortgage tax deductions? What are they going to give me? That's who I'll vote for. And sadly, that's how most Americans vote. I, I know Californians aren't most Americans. California has a two-party system, unlike the United States. They've got Democrats and they've got liberals. And, and the liberals hate the Democrats and the Democrats hate the liberals, but don't even bring up Republicans. You've got to get in the middle of the state before you even bring that up. So... The rest of the United States have a two-party system, Republicans and Democrats. But uh, 
we don't so much. But Amazon's in the news, and I kind of want to sh- highlight how powerful they are. They've got 12-plus brands right now that pull in a billion dollars in sales. Now, think about that for just a second. So you, you look at something like Levi's, and you go, okay, okay. Amazon's got a, you know, a jean company. Today they're announcing a new beauty brand. And then how does that, then Levi's tries to sell on their platform, the Amazon platform, and you can just kind of see where it gets kind of messy if someone just types in jeans. Which one comes up, the Amazon brand or the, the Levi's brand? Um, so, and then Costco, you know, they've got the whole Kirkland thing going on. So that brand where it's just the private label. So Amazon's featuring a new beauty brand that exclusively is sold on their marketplace. It reportedly is the, is the first beauty product to hit the market from Amazon's brand, Accelerator Program. Amazon is increasingly making, making moves into health, wellness, and beauty industries. You know, uh, the beauty industry is not going to go away. A couple reasons why. We need to wash our face, right? Um, we're getting older, so we need to moisturize our face. Um, someone has said some horrible, horrible things about actors and actresses recently who are not aging quite well. And I just thought of like, hey, Amazon's got something in here going on. So Fast Beauty Company is reportedly the first beauty brand to hit the marketplace from Amazon's brand accelerator. Amazon also sells toilet paper. Its own line of toilet paper is called Presto Toilet Paper. Now, they're also going to be selling and delivering your prescriptions with PillPack at some point in time. We don't know all the details about it. Do they acquire the company for the technology? Or do they acquire the company for the business model? Um, Amazon's pretty powerful. When you start talking about if they were to spin off their own private labels and be like a clothing company, that's what the European Union is going to be looking at with them. You know, um, how much of their own product they have versus how much uh, problem it is to resell other people's products on their platform. Who gets preference? Is it competitive or not? So these are the days of our lives. Learn more about your retirement nest egg issues by coming to the big event on the 21st. It's a Thursday event, 630 to 8.30. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. It's in Burlingame, 21st of this month. You can sign up at Rob Black's show and use the code RADIO25. Sharpen your focus.